Rebellion, the podcast where we go through the Neon Genesis series bit by bit. My name is Keith, going through for his first time, and you're going by Peter, as always. Hello! Who is going through for his first. Yep. So in today's episode, we are breaking down the Nerf Computer Technician characters, Maya Buki, Shigeru Oba, and Makoto Hyuga. Good old Hyuga. The guy who is heavily pining for Masato. Yeah. Definitely wants more Masato this time. Which is funny, because Maya's also very much pining for Ritsuko. And Oba just wants to be alone. I think that just means he's like Gendo, and thus is... Pining for Gendo, but unwilling to openly admit he's pining for Gendo. Could be. I wouldn't blame him for not wanting to openly admit that he's pining for Gendo. The people who are openly pining for Gendo, their lives do not go well. Church has like in the wild situation of everyone's getting picked up by the, uh, the Ray Lilith at the end of the, the beginning. Yeah, it's just him standing there and Gendo appears. Yeah. Kenshin just appears and looks sternly at him and then he pops. I like to think it would uh, be more of like, you know, the Goku meme? Where he's wearing like the the, the, the drip Goku, the, the drip Gendo. Yeah. I like to think like he's looking around, what the hell's going on? And he looks back and it's just like Gendo's theme plays. It's just Gendo standing there. Just, yeah, Gendo standing there doing the fucking pose with his arms in front of him, and then uh, look at he freaks out for a couple seconds and then just all of a sudden pops into orange goo. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't even the Ray clones. It was actual Gendo standing there looking at him. Either answer the popping the Cooper saying nope, loading his gun and firing at himself. Yeah. I'm not ready to face that sort of myself yet. No. Some weird thing's going on with Gendo. <laughs> Something's going on here and I don't like it. So, three narrative tanks. Yeah, so these characters are also very minor side characters that have funny enough quite the fan base. Less so Oba. But Maya is like disproportionately like popular to also just marketing stuff for Neon Genesis. Sure. I'm not kidding. Out of all the characters, she's probably in the top, like Maya's probably in the top ten for merchandising. Sure. Why not? And that, that's what stuff up to end of the game. I'm not even talking about what Rebuild Maya. Like, Maya was just extremely popular. I'll take it. I have no reason to not believe you anymore. Um... What do they do? What are each of their roles at NAMM? I know they're all text, but do they have specific aspects of life that they're responsible for? Sure. Uh, so, Maya is kind of like the comms officer, I guess, for the pilots, where she's the one kind of interacting with them and monitoring the vitals. She also tends to be the one who's the power of science in human achievement. Sure. Uh, with Oba and uh, Yuga, it's a little less... I feel like one of them is always the one that yells out, Code Pattern Blue! It's an angel! Yeah, that's Oba. Okay. So, I guess he's probably monitoring more of, like, radar? Yeah. Code patterns? I like to imagine he also shows the note, like, whenever they come across anything, like, Code Pattern Turquoise! It's a lamb! (laughs) Why do they have a code pattern? I don't know. Code Pattern Badass! Gendo's on deck! Code pattern purple! I feel kind of, like, wistful today. Is that actual code pattern? Let me have it, man. Come on. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, the only one we actually get a specific role for is Maya. But the other two, like, all three of them are mainly computer tech, so they do a lot of stuff together. And it's more of they have unique roles during combat. It's probably best for them. 
Fair enough. But uh, one thing to point out is all of them are very intelligent, top of their class, like skilled people. Uh, the implication we end up getting though is that Maya actually has a bit more information on some of the more shadier things that Nerve's doing, but not that they know what's happening. So the big example is Maya is the person who's aware of the dummy plug system and what that means in the negative implication of the She seems to be fully aware that Ray is a clone. That there's clone rays inside the dummy plugs and what they do. Fair. But she also thinks that after they defeat the last angel, oh, we're done, we get to go home now. We get to party. And she doesn't understand why Celia's attacking. Yeah. That does raise some questions, because, like, I feel like they wouldn't have invested that heavily into the dummy plug system if. Used it once? Yeah, if it was. Like, after the last angel shows up, everything's over, we're all good now. Like, I understand it's good to have a backup, and Gendo's the kind of person who probably has a backup plan for his backup plan in case his backup plan fails. Yeah. But, it still seems like a lot of investment for something that they're maybe never gonna use. Um, but then again, I guess that's exactly what ends up happening. She seems to know a bit more what's going on because she works so closely with Ritsuko, but that's more on like what things really are. So you know, Ava's being angel clones, Ray being clones. What the? She's aware of what cloning is. Yeah. Whereas Hugo seems to be uh, kind of on the opposite side of things, where he seems to know only what he needs to know. Which he also is... seems to be very optimistic about everything that's going. On. Yeah, but uh, that's why he ends up well, yes. Massive crush on Misato, but when he gets kind of recruited by her to do some investigating, he seems to be able to access that information, but never got to it. So he ends up learning about it kind of the same thing she is. And who even knows what the fuck Oba knows? Oba knows that life isn't really worth living. <laughs> he, just, he just looks for his air guitar. Which I was thinking about. So all the kind of epic personality where Maya's kind of like, you know, shy, nerdy type person. Hugo's kind of like, you know, the jokey. Uh, like otaku, and Oba's just all about his music, and then I thought, wait a second, all about music, isolates himself from the world, he's, he's pretty much every fucking character that has a problem. He's also very much so Gendo, he is just Gendo. Well, Gendo, we found out he's very passionate about music and information, and isolates himself from the world. Shinji, very passionate about music and isolates himself from the world. Kao, very passionate about music, isolated from the world. To be fair. Kaoru Lesso does it to, like, isolate himself because he's afraid of being hurt, but just because the only person who matters is shit. That's not quite what's going on with... The only person that matters is Yui. Yeah. The only person that matters is Shinji. That's Shinji speaking. Both Shinji and Kaoru both agree that Shinji's the only person <laughs> the that matters. The only person that matters is the person that finally kills me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see it. Yeah. But I had that realization when I was thinking, I was like, hmm, he kind of, like falls into, like, the Akari mold. Yeah, there's a lot of characters who, uh, seem to fit that blend. I don't know that it's all the trouble characters, because there are trouble characters who don't fit that role. I think it's specifically anyone who's passionate about music it fits that role, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's like Anna's like, hey, do you like music a lot? You're you, a horrible person. Do you listen to music to get you through tough times? Fix yourself. That's a problem that's wrong with you. Causing all these other problems. Go touch grass. You're probably also obsessed with one person in the world. I don't know who that one person is and what their relationship is to you, but if you listen to too much music, it's because you're obsessed with one person. 
Could be your dead wife. Could be a random boy you've met in a previous life and you want to make him happy. I don't know, but you're obsessed. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Fuck you. So almost clearly the most trouble. Yep. Which I guess we can hint at that he's very troubled when end of April happens and he I doesn't have a special somebody. Now that I think about it, I don't know that he is the most trouble because Hyuga is obsessed with Misato and that's also pretty fucking troubling. <laughs> given what we know about Misato from later on. I mean, given the fan base, is it really that absurd that people are obsessing over Misato? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> we shouldn't do this podcast anymore now that you're reminding me who the fan base of the show <laughs> is. I don't want to make it seem like I'm one of them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hyuga ends up taking probably one of the more prominent roles in this series, because he kind of joined the Sato storyline after Kaji's removed. Yeah, it's a similar thing to what we discussed last episode with how Toji had the most plotline because he had the greatest connection to Shinji, and then it rebuilt Ketsuka that kind of took that role because he had a greater connection to Shinji. When it comes to these three narrative texts, he's the one who has the greatest connection to Misato, so he's the one we end up seeing the most. Yeah, and you probably could argue that Maya also gets a big role because of a similar thing, but she's linked through Ritsuko specifically, and Ritsuko even falls off to the wayside for a little bit, which means that Misato is the main connection to Ritsuko as a character. Yeah. And then if you think about Oba, it's much like the fucking Takari situation where he has no connections to anyone who matters, so we do not follow his character. His big thing is, thing is that he gives a gun to Maya and says, you know how to use this, right? Yeah. You put it in your mouth, and then you pull the trigger. That's how I've been training to use mine. I mean, he's pretty down for shooting all those ceiling guys coming in. To be fair, that's kind of like a suicide by cop type situation where he knows if he shoots enough of these people, they'll be determined to shoot him back, so that's what he's going for. Doesn't have the guts to put the gun in his mouth and pull the trigger, but absolutely has the guts to encourage other people to do it for him. Just in his earbuds, it's like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Let's fucking dance, motherfucker. Yeah, like, even during the time jump. Uh, well, I guess during the time jump, my end is becoming the most fleshed out character for Rebuild. Yeah. But for the initial part, we don't get a lot about them except for, like, key strong personality traits. Maya seems to have uh, sort of longing for Ritsuko, which it seems to be more of, like, an admiration for, uh, like, a superior. Like, oh, admire the work you've done in my skills you are. But uh, in the end of Evangelion, it gets heavily implied that, oh, it's more of a romantic feeling she has. Fair. Yuga kind of asks for Misato. Yeah. But we never really get anything on, I guess, those relationships going into a rebuild, in a sense. Because you can probably assume that Mai still has the same admiration for Ritsuko, and Yuga probably still had feelings for Misato. But due to the nature of how the characters develop, I think Yuga moved past that, and it's not really a character yeah. trait anymore. And with Maya, she got hardened, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Because she kind of turns into, like, angry drill sergeant? A little bit. She grows as a character, and by grows I mean her heart becomes cold and shut off from the world, and that's who she becomes. Yeah, I, I think it's more of she sees past her naivety from yeah, the original. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. Like, it, it's exemplified by the fact that she's kind of yelling at people and all that stuff, but then after she praises them when they do the good work and all that. So I think it's more of... She understands that, like, the lenience that she had wasn't acceptable in the current climate. Yeah. But she seems to have 
moved on more to the role that Ritsko had in the original run for the team, what we like, whereas Ritsko had some more of a PvP role. Yeah. What? Do they have Avas associated with them? No. They're, they're always the command center people. Do they have parents? One would assume. Fair. I should specify, <laughs> do they have living parents? Well, all of them, they're kind of like the last generation of people that witnessed the world re-impact. Fair. Because they would have been children when impact happened. Much like Misato and Kaji were. Whereas, you know, people afterwards, so Shinji were born into the new world. Yeah. So, really, it's kind of impressive. Like, well, first off, there was a lot of shit that went down during Impact. Yeah. Like, there was wars and stuff. So, they've all lived through some shit. Uh, like, Kaji and Misato have, clearly. So, first off, impressive that Maya is that optimistic after all of that. True. Uh,. But the other one is kind of you can understand where Oba's coming from as well. Because <laughs> I assume Batman gets the vibe of someone who's seen some shit as well. Yeah, that gives the vibe of a man who's lived through a couple world wars plus an extinction level event. Exactly. Well, the extinction level came first because of the resource wars afterwards. Yeah. Where the UN ended up becoming a world superpower. Good for them. <sighs> Anything else to talk about for these guys then? I feel like this one's a shorter episode. Yeah, it's the unfortunate thing is they don't really have a lot of changes or nuances between, I guess, timelines. This is the best way to put it. They all kind of always fit in the same roles and repeat themselves. And Ova and Hyuga pretty much get, you know, just a nod in the rebuild series. Uh, I mean, I guess we can talk about the fact that as they age up, Hyuga seems to be balding. And Let's not talk about adult men who are balding. That's just gonna be sad. Uh, Oba uh, gets longer hair and a goatee. Good for him. Uh, Oba plays air guitar a lot. Do any of the others play air instruments? No, but Hugo does read a lot of comics. Good for him. Good to have a hobby while you're losing your hair. And Maya likes cute things. <laughs> Not really a hobby, but sure, that's a thing. Are you sure it's not a hobby? Liking cute things? You know what? No, I take it back. That could be called a hobby. <laughs> yeah, you got like, you know, kind of like the SD animal cartoon things on, like, stickers of them on her computer and all that. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll call that a hobby. But yeah, overall, Makoto and Oba seem to have a, not a direct idea of what's going on with Nair. But I think they understand the severity of everything where Maya doesn't, because both of them seem unfazed by the fact that Celia's attacking them. Although yeah. I don't think they know what Celia is specifically. It's like, oh, we're being attacked by the UN. I, I find that interesting now that you think about it. Because Maya seems to have the greatest level of understanding of what's going on with, like, the cloning, but seems to have no understanding of what's going on with Celia or the UN attacking. Whereas the other two... Oh, well, I don't know what Oba knows. Oba is a fucking question mark in my book. But Hyuga seems to have no idea what's going on with the clones and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But seems to be well aware of, or not aware, but unsurprised when Sile attacks. Well, I think that's more so because he's also doing the digging with So at that him. point, he has done a bit more research and perhaps developed a clearer picture. Yeah. Well, maybe Oba knows a lot more than he's letting on. Maybe Oba knows everything. Maybe Oba's actually, uh, a 
a Kaoru from a previous loop, that's how I just became a real boy. But also in the same world with another Kaoru. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Kaoru's questionable. He could have created himself again. But yeah, I guess, much like all, a bunch of other characters, they're always a constant, but they're a constant that doesn't need any tweaking, I guess, if you look at it from the Kaoru plane. Yeah. Not a lot of James Cromwell. Which makes sense, because I can't think of a single scene where any one of them directly interacted with Shinji. Like, Maya kind of threw the computer system, like, checking on his vitals and stuff. But, well, I don't know, because uh, Oba interacts with... I can't remember if it's Oba or Makoto. Which just goes to show that how little they put to the kick. But the part where after the Barnio fight happens, and he breaks uh, the entry pod that has Toji uh, in it. And he's on top of Nervich who's stomping on it. And the person's like, no, you can't do that. What? Yeah, that's fair. Calm down, Shinji! I guess they did briefly talk to Shinji. Mai's in the same room as Shinji, if you And I guess Kaoru decided that's the exact right level of interaction <laughs> with Shinji. Doesn't want anyone getting any closer with Shinji than that, from the near Yeah, the, uh, the coffee machine incident where Kaji's flirting with somebody, he's flirting with Maya. Oh, right. And then he ends up flirting even more aggressively with Shinji, and Shinji gets uncomfortable. <laughs> but I'm a girl. I'm not a girl. What's that matter, Shinji? <laughs> um, well, I don't think I have any questions. Do we have any questions from the audience? Uh, again, just to show uh, the, you know, enthusiasm of the characters, there was no questions that we got from these ones. To be fair, we did get one question, which I'm going to address uh, since you're clearly afraid to. And it's just sex, question mark? Uh, which, if you're talking about biologically, male, male, female. If you're talking about, like, society-wise, uh, gender's a spectrum. Who knows? They never self-identified, so we can't tell, tell for sure what gender they identify as. Oh, will probably be, like, a guitar. Yeah. Oba identifies as a guitar. Yuga identifies as whatever Misato wants him to. <laughs> Maya's a question mark. Who are you? Whatever you want, baby. <laughs> Oh, that just makes Yuga so much creepier. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be fair, I, I want to go back to talking about Yuga for a sec uh, moment. We kind of play him off as like uh, almost like a joke character, but he also plays a very pivotal role in warding Nerve's Q about Meta Rail's attack when everything goes down. That's fair. Because yeah. he is quick-witted enough to think about well, all he's doing Misato's laundry, I might add. He's quick-witted enough to. Commandeer a news van that has an audio right, thing on yeah. the top and drive it into their HQ while yelling into the microphone, We're being attacked by angels! Meanwhile, kids are just trying to find a way to sneak into their HQ during the time. But yeah, uh, Hugo does have his kind of hero moment, that's true. Well, that's the thing that I think people have to remember is they might be low characters and they're playing for like laughs and stuff, like, oh, these three guys, like, people, whatever. But they are still very skilled, and they were picked to work for Nerf for a reason. Not like those security staff guys that are looking the wrong fucking way at the doors. They were picked to work for Nerf because they had kids in the city, and they didn't have wives to look after, so might as well look after this base. It makes you wonder if Sea specifically picked the security staff. Yeah. Who's going to be the least in our way when we attack later on? Ah, oh, I know. Kensuke's dad. Let's make him watch <laughs> the door. Ah, uh, yes. Kensuke's dad. I don't know his name, but I know his son's name. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it, where Kensuke's a potential pilot, it's not out of question that Sile would know. In fact, yes, Sile does know Kensuke's name, because according to one of those video games, as we talked about last week, they just pointed at him and said, that kid, he's a pilot now. So, they are more aware of Kensuke than Kensuke's father, but 
effectively. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, they are very skilled and on your thing about CLA and children, well, they purposely put all the child pilot candidates into that school yeah. so they would be available to Yeah. Yeah, no, these three adults, semi-adults, echo weird condom colors. Uh, at least in the original time. By the time we get to rebuild uh, Phrase Upon a Time and they're definitely full adults at that point. Yeah, I think the youngest one's Maya at 21 or 22 at the events. Yeah. The other ones are, I think, uh, Oba is the oldest, with uh, Makoto being like around 25. Yeah. So during uh, the rebuild time skip, they'd probably be in their 40s, roughly. Yeah, like mid 30s to early 40s. Yeah. Good for them. So I guess we'll go into some of the fun facts here. Uh, so first off, as you probably expected, Maya Buki is named two heavy cruisers in Japan. Of course <laughs> she is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Evangelion names are based off of warships. And some of them are named off of trains, as I learned last week. That's true. Uh, Hyuga is also the name of a Japanese Imperial ship. And Oba is also a heavy cruiser name. Of course he is. Uh, so, Oba's full name, Shigeru Oba, is, uh, very, oh, say Shigeru, uh, is very close to the name of a movie, uh, which seems to be an intentional nod to the movie, uh, by the creator. And, uh, uh, fun moment to introduce Oba, give a little, like, this was cut, unfortunately, but, uh, there was a scene in, uh, episode 11 originally that was removed, where Oba would be playing guitar for the pilot on top of a hill, which would have been his main introduction. And the idea was that in the congratulations scene at the end, he'd be the one playing the guitar of Angel's Cruel Pieces that we hear in the sequel. I kind of wish Oba got that moment. I feel like I would have fleshed out Oba's character more. Well, if you think about it, I can understand why that specifically was cut, because Oba's kind of like just a nothing character for the whole series. To have like that big congratulations and just zoom in on him, like just shredding the guitar to Angel's Cruel Pieces. Which, like, first off, why is he here doing this? Second, how does he know Angel's Cruel Pieces? Yeah, that was... That was the reason why I feel like it would flesh out his character the most, is the fact that now, canonically, he knows the song Cruel's Angel, Cruel Angel Thesis. Which had some weird implications about his existence in this universe. That are just some weird implications about... Much like Karu, I already said Oba <laughs> is just a Karu from another timeline, and much like Karu, he has already watched Neon Genesis Evangelion. Too much powerful one man. But yeah, uh, essentially, that's one of the things about these three characters is if they needed to cut stuff for time, it was usually these three. Yeah. And Oba got the most cuts, as I said. I would have loved to see that scene of him just on the hill uh, playing the guitar for the pilots. In fact, I think we just need scenes with like just him popping up in the background. Like you hear like a soft instrumental in the background, and like the camera pan, you see him just walking in. Have they made an Evangelion rhythm game yet, which is just. Oba playing guitar, and you have to do the rhythm game while he plays the guitar. Oba Genesis Evangelion? Yeah. Dance, dance, Oba. <laughs> well, they did have Dance Revolution at the end, so. Uh, that's true. Dance like you want to win after all. True. So, is there anything in particular that you had left over to ask, or do you want to just give your opinions on these characters? 
to talk some more before I give my opinion, but I have no questions to ask, so I don't know what we would talk about. <laughs> but, like, uh, this is not me vamping, this is me preparing to start talking about a sentence that I will come up with as by the end of the sentence. Except I'm not coming up with it. I already know what it is, this is just me mentally preparing to say the sentence. Uh, and the sense is that there's nothing else to talk about with these characters, so let's just talk about what we think of these characters. That's fair. Uh, I think, due to the nature of it, Boba is the least favorite character of the three. I disagree. After what we discussed <laughs> about Oba today, Oba's quickly become my favorite of the three. Fair. Maya's probably my favorite. Maya was my favorite before we recorded this episode. <laughs> Especially, I, I think, the, funny enough, the thing that nailed down, like, how much I enjoy Maya's character was in Reef, I was like, this is why I detest young men. Yeah. We just, that's pretty much your catchphrase. It's equivalent to, like, Mario, like, let's go. And let's it's just, go. It's just her, like, I detest young men. Fucking young men. <laughs> and then Yuga. Uh, honestly, a pretty solid character, just doesn't stand out next to Maya and... Guitar shredding Oba. Yeah, he gets one. Well, that's the thing I think about it. Most of these characters get a stand-up moment. Oba doesn't. I mean, Oba's stand-up moment is the fact that he has no loved ones, and then he gets massacred by the radio. So what are you talking about? Oba's stand-up moment is the deleted scene of him shredding Kuroi Joe's thesis. <laughs> uh, but yes, you're right. He doesn't get a proper uh, scene, so I can understand why most people would disagree with me and say that he's not as good as he is. Yeah, and then uh, obviously Yuga, he has the one stand-up moment with the Metarail fight, and then he's kind of just there to give Misato information. Yeah. But then Maya actually gets a lot of fleshed-out scenes herself, where she's not just giving information, she's actually adding to the scene, is the best way to put it. Especially when she's having dialogue with Ritsuko. It's not just her giving information, Ritsuko, oh, here's the reports you wanted, they say this. It's her actually, like, when they're talking about the Nova-like system, for example, she actually, like, I don't like where this is going, like, Ethically, this is very shady to, like, well, that's how what we need to fight angels. Like, they have well, a dialogue that's actually adding to the scene and not just a transfer of information. Well, the man I'm fucking really wants this to happen, so it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, I understand. There you go. The woman I want to be fucking seems to want it to happen, so that the man she's fucking will be happy. What? Nothing. <laughs> what do you say we make this a quadruple? <laughs> I know you're arguing <laughs> a thruple. Isn't it a couple? Trust me, he thinks it's a thruple. Let's make it a quadruple. You ever been on a double date with your boyfriend and your boyfriend's dead wife and a girl who has a crush on you? Want to try it? <laughs> this is still like a double date. It's still a double date. It's just the pairs. You don't see them. <laughs> the pairs swap throughout the night. They're always trying That's different pairs. That's just a swing party. Yeah, it's a swinger party with two couples. <laughs> oh, God. Well, then. I don't know. Solid characters. Yeah, they're definitely fun, interesting characters. There's a fan base for them for a reason. What we do have is interesting. It's just the, some of those few characters that we don't have a lot of flushing out, and it would be nice to get them. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of do like, uh, what is it? How in Marvel they have like damage control, or in uh, DC Comics they have uh, like Gotham PD like sort of line where it's like not the big stuff going on, it's the more ground level things. Just like have a bunch of short stories, like you know a day in there of HQ and just have these characters like have little interactions and stuff no angel attacks nothing going on it's just these three people going through what a normal day looks like to them yeah exactly most of it for all three characters most of it is just fending off flirting from Kaji that's so 
Alrighty then. So if you have any questions that you would like asked about these characters that were not answered, please send us an email. What is my podcast about at gmail.com. You can also reach out there for anything else, really. We might read it off on the podcast. On top of that, this episode comes out every Wednesday on YouTube and all podcasting platforms. Please like, favorite, subscribe, interact, pass it on to a friend. Word of mouth definitely helps with passing it on. On top of that, you can also follow us on our Instagram page where we update facts and little trivia pieces about the series in a chronological order as we go through it. We also have weekend polls where you can interact with the fan base as well as get some feedback on that. Yeah, you'll probably also, around the time this came out, see polls about what our next topic is going to be about. You get to choose the order again, much like when we did the pilots. Exactly. So the next episode, you'll be determining. We're going to be talking about either Gendo, Misato, or Ritsuko. And the order we do that, much like we did with the pilots, is going to be determined by you from the results of that poll. That should be going up soon after this episode, so make sure to vote on that if you want to... A certain character to come first. Yeah. So it feels a little bit weird to ask this, but given what we just discussed, Keith, what are we talking about next time on this I podcast? I just told you. True. But will there be plenty of fan service? Yes, it's getting done.